Uh, we're in a series right now. It's actually our vision series. We, we usually typically do this twice a year. And uh, last week, you heard from uh, Pastor Craig in the area of don't be a stalker. How many of y'all remember that? I was on vacation. I'm watching this, and I'm like, not knowing where he's going with it. I'm like, who's on, who's on our staff? What happened between his 11th and 12th grade? And I thought I knew where he was going, and praise God, that's where he went, but I wasn't for sure. I was, I was captivated on vacation, believe me. So don't be a stalker. Don't be a creepy stalker. Come on. We want to know God. Say that with me, know God. And then Seth, the week before that, was on the same team. And I just thought that was powerful. Of We all have different giftings and different thoughts. Don't strain gnats through our different opinions and different positions. And no, we're on the same team. Tell your neighbor right there, same team. How many know we really are on the same team? There's a bunch of opinions in this, in this room. But we're still on the same team. I want to talk to you today, if you'd put that, uh, uh, the blue screen up for a moment, I'm going to let you look at it, then I'm going to test you. Let's go through this for a moment, because I recognize we have new folks here today, and our motto is to, to, know, to know God, to be a people after God's own heart. And the way that we feel that we're going to do that is, go with me, know God, find freedom, make a difference. That's just... The heart, if you, listen, if you're new, you want to know the heartbeat of part of the city church, this is the real deal with us. One more time with the screen, if you'd put that back up for a moment. Here we go. To be a people after God's own heart, it's going to comp be, we're going to accomplish that through knowing God, finding freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Good to see you, Tyrone. Good to see you, brother. Uh, today... I'm going to talk to you about finding freedom, finding freedom. I think that's an important aspect, having to know that God wants you to be absolutely, completely, totally free. I want to read a scripture to you, Exodus 3-7. If you have your Bibles, turn there, and it says this in Exodus 3-7, and the Lord said... I'll give you a minute, Exodus, Genesis, Exodus, Genesis, Exodus, Exodus 3, 7, and the Bible says, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people. Whatever you're going through today, I want you to know that God has seen it. He is the God who sees. He sees what you go through. He's seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry. Whatever you're going through, he sees and he hears what you are faced with. He's, he sees your problems. He hears your cries because of the taskmaster. For I know their sorrows. He knows the sorrows. It goes on to say, so I've come down to deliver them out. Everyone say out. He wants to deliver you out. And he wants to do this. Out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring you up. Say that with me, up. Out and up. Go with me. Out and up. He wants to take you out and up. Out of the land that you're living in into a good land. And the Bible says from, from that land, 
What, what is that land? That land is a land of captivity. That land is a land of slavery. That land is a land of oppression. That land is a land of taskmaster. He wants to take you out of that land, and he, will, he wants to put you in a good and large land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Can you, can you give me a big amen? He's seen the oppression. The oppression, that means depression. That means affliction. It means trouble, any misery in the house. He has seen it. He sees it all, and he knows. No, say this with me, yada. Y-A-D-A, yada. That's that word, knows. It's, it means that he knows intimately. It's not like just, oh, yeah, 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 just kind of a, 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 you know, a, a broad no, no. He knows what you're going through. He numbers the hairs on your head. If he numbers your hairs, he knows exactly what you're faced with. Misery, whatever you're going through today, he yaddas you. He knows. He knows. He knows intimately your, your, your bondages, afflictions, whatever you're faced with. I'm believing today for freedom in this place. Freedom in your life. At least, at least a movement. Now, of course... I'm a pastor, and I'm always believing for full freedom, boom, 100%. But at least a movement, at least a chipping away of chains and bondage. I mean, we sing about it all morning, whatever you're faced with. It may be a bondage in a very unhealthy relationship today, an unhealthy relationship. What does that look like? An adulterous situation, a fornication situation, a homosexual situation, whatever it may be, you're in a situation, an abusive situation. You're, you're sleeping with a dude, and you can't get out of it. He uses you. He abuses you. You can't get out of it, or vice versa. Whatever your situation is a lot of times there's slavery and bondages in relationships and I believe that God wants to set you free can I get an amen, amen. another place of real bondage is wrong way of thinking it's huge wrong way of thinking uh, mental uh, oppressions illnesses it could be depression, it could be OCD, it could be uh, some type of anxiety, panic, manic, bipolar, fear, schizophrenia, fear. You, whatever it may be. You, you could say, J.O., I've been here, I've been like that for so long, J.O., I don't know if I could ever get out of, out of it. I got news for you, there's nothing too strong for God. Listen to me. It might be impossible for you, but it's not impossible for God. God, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's got a name, it needs to bow to the name of Jesus. Whatever you're, you're I, jail, I've been like this since I was 12, bro. It doesn't matter. I'm believing for a chipping away and a breaking forth and a freedom in your life. The Bible says in Romans 8, 15, for you did not receive a spirit of bondage. You didn't receive a spirit of bondage, but what you received was a spirit of adoption. And that adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. He's your Father. He loves you. He's not about bondage. Bondage is all about slavery. That's what bondage is about. It's about slavery. The condition of a slave. And that's, what not, that's, not, that's not what God has for you. He has freedom for you. It could even be in the bondage of an affliction. Sometimes people are going through some type of real affliction like cancer. And sometimes what's worse than the cancer is all the fear 
and the what-ifs around it and the oppression, depression, and anxiety around it, God wants to set you free. Maybe it's an addiction. Could be massive addiction. Could be heroin or crack or meth or, or whatever it may be. I want to let you know that, we, that I'm speaking of a God who can set you free today. He sets you free. Freedom. Find freedom. Listen to the scripture, Exodus 5.1, same book. It says, afterward, Moses and Aaron went uh, and told Pharaoh, thus says the Lord of Israel. It's the name of my, name of my sermon, not too, not too original. It said, let my people go. Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. I want you to know today that I believe with all of my heart that you can be a son, a daughter, called, chosen, saint, and still live in bondage. That's not what God's will is. Now, you can stay there. You can stay there, but I don't think that's God's will for your life. What did he say? Let my people go. God's people Right then and there in Egypt, they are in bondage. He says, let my people go. So you're his people in bondage. He has news for you. Sent Aaron, Moses and Aaron, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Why did he do that? Could God not let his own people go? Is God not powerful to set them free? Does God not have the power to wipe Pharaoh off the map and, 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 and really get in the midst of them to set them free? I think he does have the power to do any and all of that. But what I've come to the conclusion is that God uses man. He uses Moses. He uses Aaron. And he will use you. You have a place. You play a part in your freedom. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that uh, uh, today. You play a part. In the case right here, he, he was saying, let them free that they may go out in the wilderness and throw a feast. I love that because a feast was a celebration. They were going to dance. They were gonna, it was a sacred procession. They were going to, in the wilderness, man, they were going to party down. And, and even the Bible says in, in, the, in the Hebrew, to get giddy. To get giddy with it. Get giddy with it. Tell your neighbor right there, get giddy with it. Not jiggy, giddy. I didn't say jiggy, I said giddy. They get jiggy in Hollywood, we get giddy with it. See, y'all getting giddy. I love it. Get giddy with it. Free. I love that because he wanted them to be free to go to the feast to have a free feast, to get giddy with it. Come on, dance, celebrate, festivities. He, what, what's that mean to me? It means that Jesus wants you to be free, that you can experience life to its fullness. And if that's not you today, I'm talking to you because I believe he wants you to be free. J.O., I've been like this 12 years. I've taken 12 steps. I've been in medication, meditation, counseling. Here's my goal for you today. This is my goal. I want to share with you four chains and locks 
that I believe four major chains and locks that keeps us in bondage, believers. But I also want to share with you four keys, master keys, that I think will unlock your bondages. Can I do that today? I just want to preach just for a few minutes. The first chain and lock is the bondage of living in sin. I want you to say that with me. Living in sin. There is a major difference between living in sin and making a mistake. You choose rebel, I'm going to live this way, I'm going to do it my way, it's my way, or the highway, I'm going to live in sin. I'm going to tell you right now, that's, 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 that's a distance from making a mistake, falling short, sinning, instead of you choosing to live in sin. The master key, sometimes I get preaching and I even forget to tell you the master key. But I'm going to tell you the master key in the beginning. I call it freedom fire, and I'm going to talk to you about fire in a moment that I believe will set you free from living in sin. Now, what do you you mean by that, J.O.? After I got born again, before I was married to my beautiful wife, I came out of, kind of out of the, because I still go to the gym, still love to lift weights or what have you, but I was hardcore into bodybuilding, and what that did along in that atmosphere and culture is that I was completely addicted to steroids. I come out, I get born again, I, 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 I get water baptized, I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I am still struggling in addiction, man. Orals and slamming, I can't get out of it. I am struggling big time, right? I want to let you know, I think that I would still struggle to, the, to this day if it wasn't for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he, John the Baptist baptized in water and repentance. Jesus comes baptizing in the Holy Spirit and in fire. You, you need to tell people that don't understand this. Day. Say, that, say that with me again. Holy Spirit and fire. fire. I want to tell you, the fire is a real fire. It's a It's a fire. It'll burn you. I've been burned. I I, I didn't die, but I I did die. That old man died because I went through fire. There is a freedom fire that will come and set you free. If you will allow the discipline of God to work in your life and quit running. What we do is we run right back to the addiction. Got to get back to the mess. Got to get back to the painkiller. You got to quit running from it and and face the fire. Because the Holy Spirit, man, he don't really coincide with slamming meth and walking holy. Are you feeling me? It's, It's very real. Very real. 1 Peter 4.12, beloved, do not think it strange. See, he said, don't think it's strange. Why? Because you're going to think it's strange. (laughs) You're in the midst of the fire. You're like, oh, man, I'm the only person in the world going through this. No, you ain't. There's a lot. It ain't strange. It's not strange when you're in the fire. Do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial. What do you think fiery trial means? Fiery means fire. 
Look it up. Fiery trial as though some strange thing happened to you. So you have a, a season of fire, trial of fire. Then there's a testing that God uses. He uses fire. Same book, same author, Peter. This is what he says, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire. All kinds of different types of fire. Trial of fire, testing of fire. Then you have a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in the fire for doing the right thing. They won't bow. They're in the fire. But it's a glorious thing. The king is so upset. Turn it up. Turn it up. Way up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Seven times, the guys that are valier men, they're just going to throw them in there. They get smoked. Woo, it's so hot. All those guys, whoop, smoke. And then there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. The king goes, looks in the window, whatever the window looks like. I, I, Craig, I thought we threw three in there. But I see four. Tell your neighbor right now, the fourth be with you. Fourth be with you. There's four in there. They let them out, and they're walking around free. They let them out. The only thing that burnt on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was the things that had them in bondage. Their hair wasn't even singed. They wasn't sooty. They wasn't smelling. You know, you've been around a fire. You've just been camping all weekend. You're, you get used to the smell. You come back, where you been, man? Right? They don't smell anything like that. The fire came and set them free. There is a freedom fire that if you are living in sin, I got some, I got some real simple, you ready for some good counsel right now that you should do if you're living in sin? Stop it. Just stink and stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. Next one. Next one, the chain of, listen to this right here. You got to listen to it real close. The bondage of after the sin. It's very real. I've dealt with it a lot. What do you mean bondage of after the sin? There can be bondage after the sin if you don't line up and do what the Bible tells you. What, what, what bondage is there? Guilt? Shame? Hopelessness? Condemnation? You're like, I'm not supposed to live in that. Exactly. You're not to live in that. And there is a master key that will set you free. If you're living in bondage of guilt and shame, listen to me. The gospel is way larger than that. When Jesus did it at the cross, he did it in totality. He took care of all of it. Don't, don't make it like he didn't take care. He took care of whatever you're faced with, whatever sin that you have been involved with, he's taking care of it. And I want to tell you the master key. It's called confession. 
And as soon as you confess to the Father and you're sincere, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. As soon as you sin, as soon as you're real, and as soon as you confess it, he forgives you and he cleanses you from all unrighteousness right then and there. But J.O., I did that and I still feel guilty. Well, sometimes we have a conscience that we have to deal with. That conscience, I'm going to get to it in a minute, it needs to be changed. It needs to be renewed. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But sometimes God doesn't want you doing life alone, right? You confess it. You're like, I confess it, man. I turn from it. But I'm still sometimes, I just, sometimes we do things and we get involved in things that's more than just a thought sin. Maybe it impacted someone else and you need to do another master key, same master key, a little bit broader and it's confession, but that's the power of small group and the power of community. Sometimes, God doesn't want you to do everything on your own. You have to come to bat in order to you to be free and to get other people involved. What do you mean by that, J.O.? James talks about it. Everyone say confession. Look what James says. Confess your trespasses to... No, I need everybody. All everybody in church, like a big choir. Here we go. Confess your trespasses to... Not just me, myself, and I. One another. Yeah, I ain't I ain't, brother, I ain't telling nobody that they're right there, yo. (laughs) You're crazy. That's why you have to be in a small group and you begin to build a relationship. It doesn't happen overnight. And you can begin to break into transparency. And if one brother's transparent, it breeds other transparency. You're like, that leader, he's sideways and jacked up. Yeah, we all pretty much jacked up sideways all in the same boat, right? But it breaks down those walls of shame and guilt. And all of a sudden, you confess one to another. And guess what else you do? You pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Why heal? See, you go to God and there's forgiveness and cleansing. But I think healing comes right here. Forgiveness? Why is cleansing? Cleansing. There's a lot of different type of sexual sin. There's a lot of sin that was in the Old Testament that was unclean, period. He forgives. He cleanses. I, I, I need help here. I need you to pray for me. And you pray for one another. And there's healing that takes place. The power of community. The power of small groups. You think that you thought God wanted you to do life all alone, and that's just not the way it is. We have a two-wing approach at Heart of the City Church. You're in one of them right now, the temple in Acts. They met in the temple, but they also met what? From house to house. Where I meet on Thursday morning is in a garage. It's called Faith and Fitness. It's a closed group. My city group leader was here earlier today, and I tell you what, we go there, and he beats the snot out of us in exercises. I mean, terribly. I was sore the same day this week. The same day. Didn't even wait a day or two. Just sore. And then we talk about the Word of God. We talk about, we pray for one another, reading a book together. It's, Ben, was you sore? Same day? 
same day. It's, we call it the barn of the barn of pain. At 6.30 in the morning, groups, today you're going to have an opportunity to sign up to be in a group. I highly encourage it. Don't be thinking I'm talking to somebody else. I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to everyone here. We want 100% of people to be in a group. Are you feeling me? God didn't intend you to do this alone. The next one, I'm going to hit on it just briefly. Number three, the bondage to this world. What do you mean? I think the world is full. I've been in it, man. The, full, the world is full of bondages. We call it like Egypt, not, not racial kind of a thing, but a, a Moses kind of a thing. Coming out of Egypt. See, you get born again, but all of a sudden you're born again, you love Jesus, but you still act like the world, talk like the world, smell like the world, look like the world. It's like, what's the problem? Well, as soon as a person gets born again, they begin this thing called a process. And the process is a metamorphosis, or it should be, where we're being changed from the inside out. Our goal is to become like Jesus, to look like Jesus, smell like Jesus, sound like Jesus. People are attracted to us. They're like, man, you like that dude named Jesus, yeah? Little Christ called Christians. It's not that you got to go around a billboard and announce you're a Christian. It's like, there's something different about that woman or about that man. Why? Because the process has begun inside of us. So the master key of bondage to the world is transformation. God wants it. As soon as you say yes to Jesus, born again, Holy Spirit lives inside, water baptized, you begin a process called transforma transformation or metamorphosis. There's a metamorphosis that will take place in your life that will set you free. You don't believe it sets you free? Ask the caterpillar. Because he's no longer a caterpillar. He's a butterfly. And he's floating. It float like a butterfly. Sting like a bee. But the butterfly ain't stinging. He's just floating and flying because he's free. Because why? He went through metamorphosis. He went through a transformation. God causes you, as soon as you say yes to Jesus, shake hands to him. You say, I'm going to pick up my cross, die daily. I'm going to grow. I'm going to be like Christ. That's our goal. Are you following me? Listen to what it says in, in, in uh, Romans 12 too. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed as metamorphosis. How? By the renewing of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So we have, we're born again of the Spirit. God lives inside of us. But man, my mind is still back in Egypt. Are you following me? Mind's still in the world. That mind can change. Think about it this way. Think about the most things that you think about in a day or the largest things that you think about in a day. That exactly, that's exactly where you're headed. So if your mind's in the gutter, well, you're headed towards the gutter. And so we need to bring thoughts into captivity, capture thoughts, but also not just capture them, but begin to allow our minds to be renewed according to what? According to God's word and his ways. That can also happen in small group. Iron sharpening iron. People encouraging you and, 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 and praying for you. The transformation of the inner man 
is in the mind. J.O., I can't really change my mind. Yes, you can. You have a brain. The brain is an organ. Your brain can be changed by your mind. So my mind can tell my brain, you're not going to stay that stinking way. You coming out of Egypt, brain. You coming out. Out and up. Up and out. We ain't staying there. And I can talk out loud, and I can tell my stinking brain, you're not going to stay where you've been. And I tell you what, you change your brain, you change your mind, you're going to change your destiny. You're going to change the way that you feel. You're going to change the things that you say. Everything's going to change about you when you change this right here. Are you feeling me? I got to go on. Last one. I had some good stuff to put to that, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on. Bondage to, listen to this one, people in this room right now. Bondage to offenses. I, I need my, tr would you come up here and, Sean is a good friend. He's not the devil, but I'm going to use him right now. <laughs> the devil wants to set traps for you. To put you in bondage. He will use me to put you in bondage. He will use people around. He'll use your spouse. He'll use a sister, a brother. He'll, I'm, I'm, I'm being real. He'll use anyone to put you in bondage. How does he do that? Through offenses. Let me read the scripture. It's out of Luke 17, verse 1. I'm going to read 17, 1. Three and four, and I want to show you. Thank you, sir. Stay around. I, I will need your help. Definitely need your help. <sighs> Read this real close with me. Just follow me. Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible. Say that with me, impossible. People say, I, yeah, I don't get offended easy. I don't, I don't never get offended. They are lying. They straight up lying. I'm scared. I'm scared. Scared. It's impossible that no offenses should come. We've said it for years. Come to Heart of the City Church and get offended. I will offend you. I don't want to, but I'll offend you. You're offended. See, I told you. It goes on to say, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him who through they come. I don't want to offend, but it happens. And it goes, it says this in verse 3. Look at this rule. Take heed to yourself. Everyone here has to take heed to themselves in the area of offenses. And it goes on to say, if your brother sins against you, rebuke him. Man, that's tough these days. We want to just cover everything, just everything. And yeah, there's a place of covering sin, covering, absolutely. But there's also a place to rebuke. Like, bro, that just wasn't cool what you did or what you said. You rebuke him, and if he repents, guess what? Forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, guess what you do? Seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, 
you shall forgive him. Well, seven times, J.O., Abraham did it to me seven times and that's it. No, 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 that's not what it's talking about. Keep on forgiving. If it's seven times 70, what does that mean? 490? Do you stop at 490? No! The word offenses there is this word in the Greek, scandalon. Guess what word we get from scandalon? A scandal. Guess what happens in scandals? It's a trap. See, that's what the picture of this is. It's a, it's a little trap, little bird trap. Bird comes in there and gets snared, right? What I'm going to tell you, you are snared. Right now, you can walk in church, smile, worship, and be in a snare if you have an offense. You're trapped. You took the bait. The enemy set it out. Yeah, you offended that bald-headed pastor right there. You offended him right there, right there. Took the bait. And this is, what, this is what happens when you take the bait. Here's a trap. You get all offended. You don't forgive. And you go. Let's just say for a minute, because I ain't crazy. That's 250 pounds of pressure. What really would have happened to me is my hand would be in there. And guess what? My hand is stuck. Or my foot is stuck because I'm offended because I won't let it go. See, it's so strong it broke the stick. I won't let it go and I'm offended and I can't get out of the trap. I can't. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And guess what? There's no way I can pull out of this trap with my other hand. Guess what needs to happen? I need to get my small group with me to help me get out of my trap. I need brothers and sisters to come around me. Listen, I'm sorry. I took offense to you. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? I need to get out of this trap. You need to get out of the trap. Would you get me out of this trap? And I'm going to get away from it. There's no way I could get out of my trap, that trap by myself. I needed other people to come alongside me to be able to say, I think you're offended. All you do is talk smack about them. Do you know how much pus is coming out of your poison? Where's the zit? Right there, your mouth. And it's just running. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What's in your heart, guess where it comes out of? That's where it comes. Pop the zit, let it go. Tell your neighbor right now, let it go. No, tell him, tell him, tell him, really. Let it go. That's the best news. Stop it and let it go. Let them go today. Who is it that's offended you? Who is it? You didn't like the way they looked at you. You didn't like the way they said. You didn't like the way they walked. You didn't like the way they cut their hair. You didn't like the way they fired you, whatever it is. Let it go. And get out of the trap. Get out of the trap. I want to do this. I haven't done this at the gathering. I'm going to just do it real quick. If that's you, I want to pray for you. I want you, because I'm not here to embarrass anyone. If you have an offense, I just want you to slide your hand over your heart. I'm just going to pray with you right where you are. Father, I pray right now, like Sean would have really helped me out of that trap, like any other brother and sister, I pray for a release of this bondage today. We forgive. 
They don't deserve the jail. It doesn't matter. We forgive. Seven times. It don't matter. We forgive them right now. We forgive them. We for, you might even say their name right now. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. They keep doing it. I'm, for, I'm going to keep forgiving them. I'm, I'm just not going to take the bait any longer. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, 